Well, hello and welcome to another week of Soap Secrets. We've got some great gossip um, for you today. Now, we're going to be talking about Holby first because we have our very own uh, expert right here with us. Victoria, welcome for another week. Thank you for joining us. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of another big week. Holby really is brilliant at the moment, isn't it? Um, can we talk about Jack and Keon first? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm really loving this storyline. Basically, Darwin's resident ice queen, Jack Naylor, has sort of found herself torn between two guys recently um, when a, a patient, Clayton, um, it was a guy she'd bonded with in the psychiatric unit she was in last year. He um, he sort of, he was in the hospital, she treated him and he admitted having feelings for her. Um she sort of soon burst his bubble, though, when she revealed she was already in a relationship and she described this this guy, whoever he was, as, as someone who was kind and who knew who she knew would never hurt her. Um, uh, he quickly realised that the lucky guy was fellow medic Keon. Um, but he was angry, given what Jack had just said, when he then saw Keon secretly taking drugs. Um, and this week... Um, Clayton basically issues an ultimatum and warns Kean that he's on to him and orders him to tell Jack or he will. Um, so there's a bit of uh, friction between the two guys. The thing with this whole situation is that Jack knows all about Kian's past addiction to painkillers. And um, she's under the impression that it's kind of... that They, they talked and, and she was under the impression that it was all behind him. Um, so as Kian uh, plucks up the courage to tell her that he's he's still using he does want to be that honest guy um she stops him with something of a shock revelation yeah what what can you tell us um well <laughs> you on. know you know how it is we won't tell you what it is at this stage you'll have to watch to find out but needless to say the surprise news prompts kian to throw his secret drug stash in the bin has he really kicked the habit though only time will tell yeah, I've been. If I was a betting woman, I'd probably say not. <laughs> Just putting it out there. That's Maybe for a moment in time. <laughs> That's so bland. <laughs> um, and of course, we see the nasty side of of Cameron again this week, don't we? Um, because it kind of is his love for Chloe turns into like a well, I guess revenge. Well, having. <laughs> He's 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 just a big player, Cameron. He'll kind of play everyone if he think he if he thinks he can get away with it. Um, so, but but Chloe's a wise one, um, and she's kind of um, in recent episodes we've we saw him sort of, you know, he was he was. Um, enjoying his hero status and he thought oh you know I'm gonna I'm gonna ask her out and and they did they went for a drink but then she sort of discovered that he was seeing their friend Nikki and she sort of realized that she they were sort of be, he was playing them off against each other and, and she did, you know she didn't like that so she tries to tell Nikki but that, that, that sort of they were they were a thing and Nikki bless her she uh, she doesn't want to hear it so She's Chloe's basically becoming annoyed with Cameron's sort of hero doctor reputation. In fact, she knows full well that while everyone else was flat out working on the front line during the height of the COVID-19 pandemic, he went and hid in his car because he's such a hero. Um, Cameron, Cameron, he tries to, uh, you know, they have a bit of a head to head on the ward and he tries to convince Chloe that that's not who he is. 
um, you know, he is a great, he's a good man and a great doctor, but she's not buying his act and she makes it clear that she knows he's a fraud. So, you know, that he doesn't like that. He doesn't like being called out, doesn't like being challenged. So later when his attempts to sort of impress Chloe result in a patient being left brain dead, his, 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 he is sort of turns his love for the blonde beauty into a, a thirst for revenge, like you say. Cue sort of more tampering with patient equipment. Um, you know, when and is he, he going to get found out? This is like so uh, awful. Well, well, I don't know. He kind of tampers with this, with this patient's equipment, and and, he, and he, at the time he's kind of he's kind of wants it. Chloe's elsewhere, and he's basically trying to call her down. And he wants he wants the timing of this thing that he's done to coincide with Chloe being back on the ward. And oh look, it's almost like he is going to try and blame her for it, but she doesn't turn up, and the and events unfold and. His actions catastrophically backfire once again. Yes. Um, well, well, when you say backfire, you mean for him, not on the patient. No, probably the patient. Well, you'll have to watch again to find out. <laughs> but, um, you know, the question remains. It, you know, it does look like the net is closing in on him somewhat. So, so will he be able to worm his way out of this one? Only time will tell. Yeah, I I hope not. I I have a feeling it might go on for a bit longer because, of course, it is a great storyline. Yes, absolutely. And how are Sasha and Jodie getting along? Okay, so this week, Sasha is really stressed out. Um, He's still grieving for Essie, obviously, and his situation is brought into very sharp focus when he operates on a woman riddled with cancer, just like the love of his life, Essie was. Sasha actually discovers this, this patient has bowel cancer while she's on the table, um, he's kind of operating for for other reasons, but he sees this and he basically operates to remove most of her intestines, um, leaving which would leave her with with sort of a permanent stoma. Um, and the length of time she's been under the anaesthetic, she's now in a coma. So this is a lot for this woman's partner to take in, but he he's done it. He's just he's just being the great surgeon that he knows he can be, and he's just doing what he sees needs doing but Dominic and Donna really question his handling of the situation however like I said as far as Sasha's concerned he's doing what he's paid to do and that's save lives so he's I mean, when you go on but when you go under for these things sort of like in, re, in the rear back in the real yeah, world yeah. when you go under you do sign quite a lot of documents don't you yeah I, I mean it is sort of I seem to remember seeing like if there's something more do you want stitching back up do you want uh, you know obviously much more articulately than yeah that. or you know if there's something else there I'm it's kind of, I'm, I imagine he's probably covered right well that's the issue that Dominic and Donna have actually is that he's he's gone too far basically in terms of what's what's been agreed but he's not seeing anything else he's seeing a man about to lose a woman from this horrific disease and he's and it's exactly what he's been through so he he can't see the wood for the trees that's what's happening mm. um, so it's all, it comes from such a good place yeah it? absolutely so so from his point of view he's furious then when um acting ceo max mcgarry tells him there's been a complaint but it's not from the patient's partner it's from his colleagues so when Sasha's um, new lover Jodie tries to offer support he erupts in fury and throws a laptop across his office smashing it to smithereens oh, he's yeah. he just it's it's very unsasha like he's usually this this bubbly cuddly bear and here we just see him totally lose it um 
Sasha knows the situation's um, got way out of hand and it takes a good friend, basically Jack, to, to tell him that she knows he's reacted in this way because... Um, with this patient because he he knows he's a guy in front of him about to marry a woman who has cancer just and it just brings all his own grief coming back so later on with Sasha facing suspension uh, Jodie steps in and claims she threw the laptop she actually tells Max that she threw it and is quite happy to take the blame Um, Sasha rather uncharacteristically lets her take the rap and Jodie tells him it's no problem she'd do anything for him has she come into his life just at the right time? Mm, cliffhanger. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, in the episode that follows, there's a very, very interesting turn of events for Sasha and Jodie um, that Hobby fans probably won't see coming. It'll be interesting to see what they think of it. Um, but it's mm. fairly big. Wow. Holby really are pulling out the stops, aren't they? Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Victoria. That's absolutely great. Um, We're going to move on now to EastEnders. We're joined, as always, by the wonderful Claire Rock. Um, Hi, Claire. Hello. Um, Hi, Hannah. Right, EastEnders. Okay, there's some big storylines this week, aren't there, actually? Um, So, after upsetting Max and most of Walford, Ian is attacked. Um, and he's left for dead. I mean, Ian, honestly, the brushes he's had. Um, so it's kind of a who done it situation now, isn't it? Um, which is a, a storyline that the soap world and us viewers absolutely love. But of course, the list is as long as you are. Um, yeah, we've got Max. I mean, you, you, you tell us. We've got quite a few there, haven't we? Max, Sharon, Kathy, even his mum. Yes, so so this is this is amazing. You know, Ian has been upsetting just about everybody, everybody on Wolford for like the last two months, have, hasn't he, Hannah? We've seen that. Yeah, he really has. So somebody, you know, somebody he's upset somebody so much that they've attacked him in the in the vic. He's he's on the carpet lying there, and he's been left for dead. So so who who did do it? It could be anybody on the square. Um, he, we've seen him upset just about everybody over the last over the last two two months or so. And um, so somebody must really 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 dislike him to to viciously viciously attack him and leave him for dead which is really shocking you know um and and as you say you know first up if you're gonna if you're gonna be a policeman looking at who's done it you're gonna go for max (laughs) aren't you Mm, i really think so he's a prime suspect he is a prime suspect so max max was divorcing rainy and he gave gave Ian his money to look after to hide it from Rainey in the divorce. Why would you do that? And, of course, we all know Ian spent it on the pub for Sharon. So he doesn't have yeah. Max's money anymore. So that's a, And he's really going for, I need my money, I need my money, I need my money. Um, and, uh, and also now um, Ian has seen Max kissing Linda and now he's blackmailing Max to back off on the money front. So there's two two things that that ian has over max and you know so he's he must be prime suspect really must be prime suspect mm. you know and we certainly can't... ian's not on max's christmas card list let's be honest <laughs> not in any way <laughs> shape or form <laughs> and um and so we also have to we also have to put sharon into this sharon um a couple of a couple of months ago you know dotty did say that ian was involved in the um in the in the death of her beloved son, Denny. Um, but Sharon 
chose not to believe Dottie and to believe Ian when he said no he wasn't but I can't believe this is not still really I mean you're right you almost forget that he's getting he's got away with that really yes yes that it must come out it must come out it has to and so is this has she found out has she has suddenly she's thought about has she found out that Ian was involved does she think oh well hey wait Dottie may have a point here you know that's just it's just it's an Mm. interesting one you know and then Within his own family, you know, his mum, Kathy, as you said, uh, he remortgaged her cafe without telling her. That's yeah, a... she, she's got an axe to grind. <laughs> Whether no. she'd kill her own son is another thing, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so son Peter, he discovered that um, he's been lef- left out of his dad's will. I mean, he really has got a lot of enemies, this chap, hasn't he? <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> and they're all also family because we have half-brother Ben, who is a Mitchell, whereas, whereas Ian is a Beale, um, and they obviously share Cathy as a mum. Um, Ian, Ian made the call to the police saying that there was a heist going on, you know, when um, Phil mm. and Ben and Cush uh, and... Uh, and they, they did that heist for the cars with Cat. Yeah. Um, you Kat, know, yeah. you don't cross a Mitchell. No. And and Ben's got form. Yes, he has. Yes, he has got massive amounts of form. (laughs) You know, and then a couple of others who aren't family, you know, bring into it. Um, Tina. Now, Tina's very interesting. You know, the Carters are also a bit like the Mitchells, very family oriented. And, you know, and Shirley's a bit scary, let's be honest. Um, um, And and he bad-mouthed Mick's ability to run the Vic. And this has caused Tina no, no end of upset. She's really, really angry about this. So that's very interesting. And then Stuart. Stuart's also got a bit of a past. And um, he, he's now with Rainey and uh, they, want, they want a baby. And they had approached Tiffany to, 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 to be a surrogate for them. But Ian interfered and then Tiffany thought, whoa, wait a minute. And she's pulled, she's pulled out of the agreement. So now Rainey's heartbroken and Stuart's looking for revenge. Well... I have, there's quite a line up there, isn't there? Let's yeah. be honest. Um, and I, mean, I think, I think any one of them could be uh, in the frame, but it probably will be none of them. Yes, I was going to say <laughs> that. It's you know the Max one. He's obvious, but so I would perhaps say possibly less likely to be the be be the attacker. Yeah, yeah. I do you know what I do love a whodunit though. I mean, I think it's just such an old, it's an oldie but a goodie, isn't it? Um, yes. And it will go on for a while as we all try and um, you know put the jigsaw puzzle together, and hopefully they'll have done it really, really well, and we none of us will have guessed. Yes, it's a bit like who killed Lucy, and it was Bobby. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And the like the whole Denny thing. I mean, you know, Ian still. I know it's different circumstances, but you know, in essence, it's still continuing to yes. kind of. It will be somebody we don't suspect. Okay, so Emmerdale, massive, massive storyline. We've seen it all across the press. Lots of um, narrative and conversation and opinion because um, last week Laurel found out that she was pregnant, which was kind of a surprise. And because um, her and Jay haven't been on a, a on a solid footing always, have they? Um, and so I think it's Laurel 46. So I think she kind of thought she might be sort of starting the menopause. And so it was all kind of a real, um, a real surprise, but the scan showed up that there was a, a chromosomal chromosomal issue. I think that's how you say it. Um, and of course the storyline develops from there and it's caused as 
caused quite a few headlines, hasn't it? Really, it, it has. Yes, it's it's it, it's it's really really sad. This storyline. So so yes, yeah, she's she's she she found out she was pregnant. This was a, an it was obviously an accident. They weren't planning it. Um, but um, you know her her and Jay, they've they've got this blended family, and they they were going to welcome another another child. Don't forget, she has already. She's still looking after Gabby, her stepdaughter, because um, d- um, her dad is has passed Gabby's dad has passed and her mother Bernice is in Australia so she's staying with her stepmother so so Laurel has a big heart um you know and so yeah another baby yeah they were they were sort of on board for it um you know but then they had this you know the t- they went for a scan and it, it showed up this possible problem and and they need a second test to to confirm what the what the medics fear might be a problem mm. and but those those second tests aren't without um they could be complicated, couldn't they? Because they can. I think that they do something that could mean that you miscarry. So it's quite a big decision to do yes. it in the first place. I think, isn't it? Yes, it is a massive, massive decision. Um, and also, if you if you get that information, then you have to then then it, it, you you it's a decision for you to make, don't you? So it's it's you know in the miscarriage. Do you, you know? Would you think? Oh my goodness! You know, we had this test. You know, what happens if I do miscarry? You know, do I? you know which is better for us as a you know and the baby so it, it's 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 a really big risk and they have a big heart to heart and they do, do decide um it's a very personal choice they do decide to go for a second test and um they anxiously wait for the test results so we're we're all anxiously waiting for the test results um and and the, will their worst fears be revealed mm, yeah well I mean, it's not the first was... time that Emmerdale's gone down this... Sorry, Hannah. It's, it's not the first time Emmerdale have, have gone down this route because um, Rona has Leo uh, with Marlon and he has mm. Down syndrome. Yeah, but I think the difference with this is what the outcome is and what they decide to do. And I think that's what's caused the stir in the headlines yeah. and that's what people are talking about, about the fact that they, you know, that, you know, that they... Uh, don't necessarily want to keep the baby that they they, they make a quite a big decision and I think yes. that that's caused the kind of big stir hasn't it in, yes in the narrative around the storyline with you know kind of well it, it it really incites opinion doesn't it and feeling particularly from people who have gone through a similar situation may have made decisions like they are about to or indeed haven't and so um I know we've kind of done in in, in our uh, magazines uh, conversations around this, and it's it it's cer- certainly um, evokes a lot of emotion and opinion. Yes, yes. So, Corrie, um, we're nearly at Corrie's 60th anniversary. So, um, as you'd imagine, it's all hotting up, and um, it's the start of Yasmin's trial, isn't it? Um, and I can only imagine that Jeff has got some awful horror up his sleeve. Yes, he's not going to. He's not going to um, take this line down, is he? So no. poor Yasmin. We've we've seen her. She's been really stressed about all this. We saw those horrible, horrible scenes of him abusing her. You know, back in back in March, April, May, when it was all going on. Um, and then we saw that awful, awful thing where she hit him with the bottle, and that's what she is now on trial for. Um, and you know, he was just. It was. It was awful. You can't believe that she's in this position and he is manipulative and he's still lying. And 
so what exactly does he have up his sleeve? Well, first up, I can tell you, is that he, he goads Tim, his son, into hitting him, and now Tim cannot give evidence. So um, we see Jeff with a lovely black, sh- black eye, big shiner, um, and so he's taken Tim out of the equation. Um, but mm. then, you know, he's a liar. We all know he's a liar. So he, he stands up in court and lies and lies. <sighs> And he, and he paints Yasmin as this sort of violent drunk, doesn't he? But, I mean, you can only hope with these things that the jury will, you know, that there'll be something in there because you're going to be sitting watching the screen wanting to throw something at the screen yourself, aren't you? Because you're like, no, you can't believe this awful person. Um, but I guess this is exactly what happens in court. People, people do lie. Um, and it's down to the jury. And it'll be interesting to see whether they paint our justice system in correct light, won't it? To, yes. to really uh, find the truth and nothing but the truth. Yes. So it's so uh, you know it's interesting. Poor Jeff. Jeff has had all, all of his wives seem to have been violent drunks. So it seems a bit odd. And I don't really you know I'm sure I'm sure somebody must pick up on that because you cannot have all violent drunks for wives it's just an odd thing and you know and Yasmin has no history of of this so you know where has Mm. this come from um but um you know it is the 60th anniversary next week so we won't find out the verdict it's not I can't say oh we'll have to wait um the verdict the the trial runs for the whole of this week and then it 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 comes to a head in in the 60th anniversary because it's going to be a big thing great and um Ray's plans uh, are out of the bag, aren't they? Yes. Um, in terms of what he... Uh, well, we've seen him kind of gradually trying to uh, buy up lots of the housing, haven't we, on the street? And um, he wants to make it kind of this business regeneration zone. And that that really everybody knows now. Yes. We've seen this coming, didn't we? Um, we talked a lot about this. We were talking, Why is he buying up this house? And if you remember, it all started with um, with with the Platts house and the sinkhole and I'm just, we were all going why is there a sinkhole in the Platts house it was just an odd thing wasn't it Hannah and we were it thinking it was really odd and we thought <laughs> what's going on here yeah and it you know we know then that the water this this man this man was paid to put this sinkhole in and um and this was when he offered to buy the Platts house and now he has been buying up lots of other other houses on the street and gary has also sold underworld the factory um to ray and um so people people have been sort of thinking about things you know like craig came across the blueprints and didn't quite know what they were debbie we know is a mole and has been working for for ray and so she's a she's in she's right in the heart of kevin's house so she knows she knows what the residents are talking about um and yeah he threatened he's threatening to tear down half the street dig up dig up the cobbles you know i've seen the pictures there are big bob the builder yellow dumper trucks and diggers in the street i mean this is scary stuff Mm. this just can't happen i mean it's the end of cory if this happens it's got to be some there's got to be someone that just walks in, a new character, loads of cash, and, and, and stops this from happening, surely. I mean, it just can't happen. And we've, although we've kind of seen over, over the time, well, recent time, where people have sort of moved out of the street a bit, haven't we? And that sort of upset us uh, on its own, let alone the street not being in existence anymore. Yes. Yes. Yeah, well, I mean, so when it first started all those years ago, it was just one street, but now but now some of the characters do live slightly outside of it. It, it would be a bit odd if you only just had, you know, Coronation Street. So 
so people do live I in... I don't know. I'm quite happy in Coronation <laughs> Street. It's quite a comfortable bubble until someone gets killed or there's a tram crash or an explosion or, you know, lots of things. It's probably the worst street to live in of any of these, yeah. really, isn't it? And it, has, it um, has, has all those really big, big iconic shops like the cabin, you know, and the pub. The pub's iconic, you know. It and really is. You know, and really everyone goes in the cabin and Roy's rolls. Everyone goes in there for their sandwich or a cup of tea, you know. Yeah. I really want to do a set visit. I want to take my grand on a set visit. She's nearly 90. She absolutely loves it. I mean, it's just... and you've, I know you've been on one, Claire. It is amazing, isn't it? It is. It is. I, was, yeah. I had my picture taken outside the cabin because that's where I wanted yeah. it done. And, and uh, the cobbles are amazing. And thank goodness I wasn't in um, stilettos. I was in, you know, <laughs> heels with a big fat heel so that I didn't fall over. But it's, Little tip. <laughs> yes. And I did it just before Christmas last year, so it was all Christmased up. Oh, and, lovely. Yeah, it was lovely. They do. Yeah, it can't happen this year. Maybe next. Yeah. And they're still doing Christmas this year. You know, um, all the soaps are Christmas in their sets up so that, you know, while Christmas is looking, is looking like it's going to be very different from last year, I think people are going to town a bit and going, putting their Christmas trees up to make themselves feel a bit better. And, and we see yeah. this in the soaps. Yeah. Oh, gosh, I can't believe how many people have gone early. November is the new December, it seems to me, um, which is absolutely fine. I think it's, you know, we've had Christmas music on in the house. It brings a bit of joy to the to, to the house, I think. But, yeah, loads of people have gone early. Now, last but definitely and absolutely not least, let's talk about Hollyoaks because um, the blackmail storyline is, you know, uh, is ongoing. And we've still got that horribly scary Chucky doll hanging around um, or as Goldie calls her the haunted Barbie um, and um, yeah it all sort of literally comes alive doesn't it so I don't know what your Barbie looked like but my Barbie doesn't look anything like this doll <laughs> No, it doesn't. I have got a really creepy doll in the house, which I've hidden somewhere, which is my mother-in-law's. And I keep saying to my husband to try and... Maybe it's worth something at auction, but it's terrifying. It's like the teeth. Yeah, it's like that. Yeah. <laughs> so so I know Chucky was a boy, but she's more Chucky than, than, than Haunted Barbie to me because, you know, she's got this mouth and... Mo- Barbie's mouth didn't move and then she has this long red hair that sort of comes down to the middle of her back and I find her re- quite scary. But she's... Yeah. Um, so we we know we know who is behind we know the viewer the fans know who is behind the black man of course that's Silas and that is um that is Hollyoaks most famous serial killer he's even he's I think he's even better than uh than than Breeder and that's saying something and and he's played by the brilliant Jeff Rawl and uh you know he, he was a stroke of genius to bring Silas back I I mm. didn't think they would um I but they did, and so he is behind it, and he's he's this mild mannered man with a flat cap. But they're the worst ones because they're totally evil, and they're really calm about it because they're sort of so well, they're so psycho, aren't they? Yes. That they're just really calm. Yeah. So so this so this week, you know, it's um, Silver is worried about his long lost daughter Cher's secret coming to light, um, and um, uh, so so. Cher unknowingly comes face to face with Silas and Cher's a new character so she won't know who Silas is because she wasn't in the she wasn't in the Hollyoaks village when he was when he had his reign of terror so for her when she comes to him she's just an elderly man you know an older older man with a flat cap um but actually we all know yikes she's talking to a serial killer so uh, will she will she survive the encounter with evil Silas and just what is his end game 
Do you know what is his end game? I don't know, but it must <laughs> <laughs> it must be something to do with the McQueens because he's just targeting the McQueens. Yeah, so somewhere along yeah, the yeah. line, they've upset him. Yeah. Definitely. Oh my God, it's all going on. There's so much going on in State World. And considering we're in lockdown, they're doing such a cracking job, aren't they? Um, another bumper week. Thank you so much, ladies, for joining us. Um, and we will be back again next week. If you like what you hear, please do subscribe. Subscribe.